0: of the Tight Lies podcast, episode 40. We made it to another decade mark in the Tight Lies golf podcast history. Mm-hmm. And before we get too far, uh, I need to shout out our uh, our first unofficial official partner. Oh, uh, it's official. Okay. B. Riley Wealth Management, and most importantly, their chief financial advisor, Alex Snyder, uh, where the best money you can make is the money you don't lose. And uh, I couldn't think of better words to live by, to be honest, whether it's on the golf course or with your financial security. Absolutely not. We're
1: super excited about the partnership here at Tight Lies, and you should be too. Call Alex Snyder today. He'll handle any retirement accounts. He'll even come mow your grass if you need him to.
0: Yeah, and if you're looking for a $100 match uh, of golf, he currently holds a hatchet which, so you can go play him for it. That's big time. So uh, we'll segue into Riviera, which, you know, I, I always kind of get – In a weird spot with the California swing because I'm – it looks so nice there. Uh And it was raining and 30 degrees all week here. And so I'm more – I don't know if I'm like envious, jealous, if it's like just me being spiteful or whatever. But I kind of don't appreciate it until it's over. And I'm like, damn, that's a really, really good golf course. It's a really well-run event with a really good field. And – It's a golf course that's not crazy, crazy long, but it's still very relevant. And you saw the winner, um, Adam Scott, he finished at 11 under par. Yeah. So –
1: It was a great test of golf. And the the best conditions they've had in a while, a lot of the players said. I mean, it was sunshine, sunshine, blue skies, no rain, hardly any wind.
0: Yeah, I mean, they said – and like comparing it to like L.A. where they're going to have the U.S. Open – I think in a couple of years, um, L, like LA Country Club, they're saying the conditions are just like not even close. Yeah. Like Riviera right now is peak. It's awesome. It's so probably the best set of and Greens that they play all year. Mm-hmm. So it was a good event. Um, Tiger's obviously the host. And I always, and on top of, which is odd because he hasn't actually won this golf tournament before, mm. So or at Riv. So it just kind of surprises that he's the host, but it's Tiger. So I get it. Um, But with that hosting comes a lot of other responsibilities, whether it's press that you can't turn down, whether it's dinners, cocktail parties, having to be there, not really being able to just go off of how you feel. And for a guy that's basically now operates solely off of what his body tells him, Mm -hmm. probably makes it a little harder for the guy.
1: Yeah, you're right. He can't really operate on his own time frame. Uh, Like you said, when you have all these other different things floating around, I think some of the guys from Golf Channel touched on it this week of – uh, after one of his interviews with Golf Channel, the Golf Channel, he had six different local stations come interview him. I mean, that's just stuff he doesn't do on a week-to-week basis. And, he, you know, he's missing some of his uh, regimen. And he's a very tight regimen person. We all know that. So, I'm sure that harmed him a little bit this week. Even though he did come out guns a-blazin'. I mean, Eagle's the first hole. He gets to three under at the turn. And we're looking for him to turn it up. And he kind of went the other direction and stayed going that way the rest of the week.
0: Yeah, putter just wasn't there. Um he it was cold. He yeah. teed off, like, on Friday. He teed off early. And, like, I mean, the sun, like, when he was on the range, the sun wasn't even above the canyon yet. So, um, for a guy that's going on 44, if he hadn't already turned 44, with a metal rod in his back, basically, and all the other responsibilities, he's probably been on his feet more nor- than he normally can be. Mm-hmm. Um does it surprise me? Yes. It always surprises me when Tiger doesn't play well. He made the cut, which that's good. He got four tournament rounds under his belt, which for a guy that's not playing as much as that and for him that's kinda he's all about building. Um You're right. you made a comment about how he felt about his fitness.
1: Yeah, I saw afterward he said he was the first thing he was gonna do in his off time this starting week is work out more and eat more. He said he was a little lighter than he wanted to be, which is weird because I feel like the best tiger is a little lighter because it's easier on his knees. Um, I know I heard rumors that his knee problems came from him putting too much weight on and when he was training with military and whatnot, but he said he wanted to put more weight on and get a little stronger. So look to see a little bit more jack tiger uh, in the coming weeks. I'm guessing when we see him at Bay Hill.
0: Yeah, I think – when he says he feels light, I don't know if it necessarily means he feels like he's got muscle pump and he's ripped out of his mind. I feel like – you know I mean? Some days you wake up and you just kind of – you don't feel like you're all there mm-hmm. as far as like physical. Um, so, he's, I think he's probably just – he's not looking to get swole. But, you know, there, there's everybody has that what their fighting weight or whatever. Yeah. And you feel your best when you're at that weight. You feel like you'd go get in a fight and you'd win. So, I feel like – you just kind of got to tinker with that um he's been out in california he hasn't been at home so i mean they they live they, it's a moving circus for them but i don't know i feel like part of that sorry a hair dryer just kicked on in the <laughs> background uh but i think all those things kind of play in so sounds like he's skipping mexico headed home um but all in all if i'm on a 1 out of 10 worried for the next i don't know 2 month stretch I'd probably put my worried level at a three Yeah,
1: yeah. out of ten. Not worried at all. I mean,
0: he still is the best iron player out
1: there. Uh, He had a little struggle with the greens, and he had a little struggle getting his body going, like you said. In the early morning, it was nice during the day, but early mornings it was colder. Uh, I think once he gets to a little bit warmer weather, about the right time of year, we all know it's coming. Yep. Uh, he'll be he'll be just fine. He's hitting the ball pretty well, and I I didn't get to watch a ton of coverage outside of Thursday. His driving was great.
0: Yeah, the driver hadn't been the problem. He's kind of figured out this two hundred and eighty-five to two hundred ninety-five yard mm-hmm. kind of. It's not it used to be the power fade. Now it's just kind of like the it's the I don't know. It's like the ninety mile an hour fastball. He's still got three or four more miles an hour. He can reach back and get if he needs to turn one over and rip it. But Agreed, yeah, it's the fairway finder kind of shot, and for him. If he can do that. He was off with – his ball striking wasn't great. He was he was leaving – him. he left himself short really bad on a hole that he made like a double on with a wedge in hand from the fairway. Mm-hmm. Um, short game was eh, – it was okay. Um, but I just – I feel like for him it all – it's like he's got the driving down, which that's usually the last thing that he finds. Exactly. That's usually right. what he's hunting for mm-hmm. middle of the year. He's got that irons – Putter wasn't great, but he was also – he was putting for a lot of six, eight-foot pars, which that all comes back to your ball striking. If you're hitting it within 20 feet about 60% of the time, it's going to make your putting better. Um, mm-hmm. So, for me, three out of ten, not freaking out. Uh, it'll be be good to see. I don't know if he – I don't think he's committed yet, Bay Hill or um, Honda. I mean, Honda's literally in his backyard, so – he, I don't see him playing three weeks in a row. Um, the one thing that Honda does is a perk is that he'd have a week off, but I don't think he's going to skip the Arnold Palmer t- two years in a row. No,
1: I, could, I definitely would – I would lean toward Bay Hill rather than the Honda for him, even though the Honda is so close.
0: Because uh, last year he played Mexico, and then he didn't play either of them, I don't think. And then he played the players. He went from the WGC to the players. Yeah. And so this year, scrapped the WGC – Cut out all that travel. Hey, maybe he does. I mean, I, I he's gonna play one of the two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's had success at both, so we good to see him there. But Adam Scott, big win for him. A huge win for him. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like his first PJ Tour win in about four years, three a or four long, years.
1: A long time. When when was the Australian Open? He just well, won that. Well, the
0: Aussie he won the Aussie PGA, which That's is right. not technically a PJ Tour event, but it's, no, a, it's a bit. Not. I mean, but it's a pretty good. It's like winning a European tour event. That's
1: what I was going to say. He he hasn't won on the tour, but that win was pretty recent off the tour, and it was a big win. And he's
0: been close. He was – was he in the final group at the PGA and St. Louis? Mm -hmm. Or he was up there. Um, He's been training. I think he's figured out this putting with the motel putter. Um, Looks like a damn house in California.
1: Yeah, golly, the the spaceship.
0: uh, And somehow he's not anchoring it, but he's like – Holding it by his neck, and I don't know how you can't be anchoring it, but whatever, it hadn't gotten popped for it. And in a world now that rules is rules and cheating and everything like that is under the tightest microscope. Yep, he must not be cheating. Must not because somebody call him out. It's too Absolutely. obvious if it, if it was. So he uh, he won by two. Um, I mean, really, some kind of. He had some guys get up close, like Harold Varner got close, and then he top, cold topped the drive off a of ten. Mm-hmm. He kind of fell out there. Max Homa was making a run and kind of just went off or broke at the end to try to get a win and fell short. Um, Roy fell backwards. Scott Brown had a really good had a really good run. He's a he was hurt for I don't know about a year, but he's boys with Kisner and he he fired the probably the pretty much the lowest round was he in the top ten. He shot three under. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, Bry, Bryson played pretty good. Rory two over. Basically, it was if you weren't. It was one of those days where if you weren't within one or two, you really didn't have a shot. No. You were either. I mean, if three hundred is basically your lowest score on the front page of the leaderboard, it shows you that it was playing pretty difficult.
1: It was a pretty boring Sunday, but it was just one of those days where you just had to hang on, hang on for the ride. And Adam did that yeah. the best. I mean, put himself in position where he had a little more cushion and shot a one under and and won. Yeah, you can't
0: can't knock him for that. Uh, Rory continuing his. His good play, um, which obviously now the new number one in the world, that's big. Mm-hmm. DJ was a guy that I thought, and a lot of people thought, kind of going into the final round, like, okay, he's my, he's an eight under, he's within striking distance, and he, I think he had a birdie early, and it was like, okay, don't let don't let him get don't let him put the blinders on and just go Captain Insano and blow this place open. Yeah, and he just kind of went up and down, up and down, but uh, he's he's so – I feel like if he just – if he could just turn the switch on more consistently, which it's hard to say when the dude's won 20-something events. Yeah. But, like, he should probably be up there with Phil and be 10 years 12, – 12 years younger than him as far as win total. Um, but
1: he, I He's one of the guys when he steps out, he should be able to win every week.
0: He's a dude that gets off the bus and you're like, all right, that guy's the world beater. Yep. But he's been consistent, but he just doesn't – And, like, Brooks is similar, but Brooks has, like, more of a killer instinct vibe to him. That's true.
1: That's true. And Brooks is more – and Dustin is very much an athlete, but Brooks is more just, like, a natural athlete with a club. Dustin's an athlete that's really a good golfer. Yeah. And he just, yeah, sometimes doesn't put it together, which is kind of shocking.
0: So that kind of wraps up the uh, California swing. Uh, And now you move to – you go down to Mexico and then the Florida – the. Quasi Florida swing starts again, Mm -hmm. which now the swings are shorter. It's like three events here, whatever. Um, But yeah, it'll be uh, be interesting to see what goes on there. Um, We'll touch on Mexico a little bit later, but some stuff. It's kind of just been an evolving deal, and more no no like real set in stone hard info is really getting released by media. It's all coming from players that are getting asked questions in press conferences, and that's the Premier Golf League. I wrote an article about it kind of when the podcast came out last week, just doing a little bit more kind of factual stats and kind of what, how I saw it playing out if it was going to actually work. And mm-hmm. every day since, my mind, I flip back and forth, back and forth, pros and cons, pros and cons. And one thing I do need to mention, I need to uh, fact-check, correct myself if you miss a cut on the PJ Tour, you do not get paid. <laughs> However, if you miss a cut at a major, you do. And I know the U.S. Open paid ten grand if you were a pro. Well, I mean, so you're almost right. So, I mean, I'm I'm partially right. You're I heard I, I heard get paid when you miss the cut, and I only applied that to four events, or I played it, <laughs> applied it to fifty four events, not four events. Yeah. So, anyway, apologize. Hand up, missed the fact there, but um, there. I mean, I've been hearing from other podcasts, like No Hang Up has the – there has their, they have their thumb on the pulse. Like, we're, who am I kidding? We're not competing with them. I use them as a source mm-hmm. for a lot of stuff. And so, they uh, – obviously, they interview a lot of players, and so they have kind of their, their thumb on it. And then more stuff trickles out, press conferences. Tiger, he didn't shoot it down last week at all when he was asked about it. Um, he's kind of the big – he's the white whale or the big fish um, that – I mean, if you got him, well, then you're going to – you are you got it. That's true. Congratulations. Go yeah. ahead and crown him the new tour. And, yeah. But from what I'm gathering, it doesn't look like he's going to rebel. And he's never really been a money guy driving for more money publicly because mm-hmm. he doesn't need any. Um, I talked about the majors a little bit last week, but I did some more digging. And, like, literally they all run independent. Really? So, in theory, you could go play 18 events, plus you could play the majors. So – what Rory said today was probably the most interesting to me. And he basically said, the more and more I think about it, I don't like it. Uh-huh. And part of that is, and something that I kind of touched or kind of believe and is true, and we talked about it, like comparing to football players, like they have to play 16 games. Yeah. Well, you, apparently the way this works is like you commit to 18 events. You're playing 18 oh, events. Oh, so you're in. You're in. 'Cause you're getting front you're getting guaranteed money to play.
1: Gotcha. Not on a week by week basis. On a full schedule basis.
0: You're you no, know, there's it's still ten million dollar purses at the event. Yeah But yeah, these but guys are also getting an upfront guaranteed salary, basically. Yeah. So if you have that, then unless you can't play, you're playing. Okay. And Rory said I and mean, you saw it this week, like a couple guys got banged up this week, a few guys didn't want to travel, some guys couldn't commit and they just backed out of the tournament. They mm-hmm. have they have the choice and the ability to be flexible with their schedule, um, he's like, if you do this, you don't. You basically sold yourself to it. And he goes, I don't really like that. Yeah. Um,
1: when you're one of the top players in the world, kind of handling your own schedule, what you do when you do it, and you're making plenty of money, why would you go do something like that? Right.
0: And Rory, he's also like he's in his, like, he's really hitting his prime right now. Mm-hmm. And he sees I think he sees himself as, I'm probably going to be the face of this tour for the next. 12 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not already one of the – if I'm not on Mount Rushmore right now of the current tour, I'm going to be. Especially the way he's been playing. Right. So, um, he's he's a big fish too. And he moved himself to America. He's He lives in Florida. He likes being in America. Why would he go back to playing a world tour that he has to play all these events? It just – logistically for him, it doesn't make sense to me. Now – interesting enough another thing that the no laying up guy said that people have said is basically that um phil is like two feet out the door ready to roll which if you think about it for phil it makes sense with his age
1: yeah absolutely he's on the i mean he's on the downward part of his career he's still trying to fight to get competitive week in and week out but if he does something like this you sign an upfront deal you get all that cash you're guaranteed he's he's been uh he's shown that he's not against traveling he all probably, over. He,
0: he can probably pay off some of his gambling debt with that <laughs> uh Saudi Arabian oil money that he's Yeah, gonna him get. and
1: Saudi Aramco, he'll figure out the old deal and over there and get on the inside trading yeah, route. He'll
0: be on the OPEC board of directors. Here so
1: I I definitely can see Phil's angle from that. I just
0: I don't see him as a champions tour guy either. I don't either.
1: So it's kind of like that's that's kind of like a victory lap type thing and he just doesn't seem like the guy that would want that.
0: He's the dude that I could literally see playing until he's 60. Yeah. Just select events, but
1: giving it his all, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, I can see him playing a 15 to 20 event schedule till he's 60. Yeah. Just because he doesn't know any better. So this could be a cash cow opportunity for him, depending on what the guaranteed money is. Um, also, with this, like, team ownership stake piece, the four 12-man teams that play a team event thing at the end of the end of the year or whatever that have ownership stake, mm-hmm. that I feel like that – is something he loves, like between the match and the gambling and the money part of it, I feel like that would suit his eye. Yeah. Um, and just kind of the way he's been the last few years, he's just kind of gotten a little more rambunctious and rogue, patting down fescue grass in front of tee boxes, <laughs> catching Fire. putts. Fire side with Phil. Yeah, I mean, he's just – I don't know what it is, but he's just kind of – he's trying to stay young, and this could be the new hot thing for him. Um, other guys that have been talked about, Bryson uh, – Patrick Reed would be a uh no brainer run away yeah, he can head off and plays on i mean he's a, he's still one of the few guys that's like a full european tour member and p j tour member and he plays a lot of european tour events um and like obviously it's completely deserving, but he is getting a lot of crap from everybody that's involved with the p j tour and mm-hmm. honestly they would probably love to see him exit stage right. I don't think they would want an alternate tour to form before he left. Like, I don't, if they had to pick, they would just say, yeah, screw it, whatever. But I don't think they would be begging him to come back if it came into to fruition. Yeah,
1: you're right. I, I real quick wanted to hit back on your idea of Phil being interested in owning teams. I know Greg Norman mentioned uh, in an article a couple of weeks ago on golf.com about how he loved that idea and wishes he would have come up with it himself. Because as you age as a golfer, if you still have the opportunity to have some equity in a team, I mean, and make you're, money. You're still a professional golfer and you have that itch to be around the game. Well, even if your game's fading, you can successfully manage a team. You know, someone like Phil has been around and literally seen everything in the game of golf can kind of mentor his team, mentor younger guys in their professional career. So I thought that was interesting because
0: he's been on so many Ryder Cups, Presidents yeah, Cups, exactly. the advisory board. Like he's got that piece. Down. Exactly.
1: And Norman's a huge advocate of the. I've heard, golf Ernie, I think
0: Ernie Ells is. Yeah, been talked about being uh, on board, um, mm-hmm. and like look at some like the Pre- like the president's cup probably goes away if this happens like completely. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's I can't. I go back and forth whether it's some – there's serious steam behind it, and you get mixed like okay, obviously like Golf Digest and them are going to shoot it down mm-hmm. because the tour owns them. Yeah, so they're not going to put out articles supporting putting out media that would say, here's how it could work. They're not going to feed into that. So, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, It's almost like a presidential election type deal. Like, it's almost – got to take what you read with a grain of salt and Mm -hmm. and to figure out. And so, these people that are able to get insight from players and agents who are the ones that at the end of the day, like, they're going to drive this thing. Um, I think that's probably where the best information lies. You're right.
1: Um, It will be tough to see the big – TV deal coming up with the PGA Tour. That's going to, to, to be yet. a lot of money in their corner that's uh, going to be tied up with them for a considerable amount of time contractually. So
0: Yeah, because like right now, and we can kind of transition into coverage and uh, Peter Costas's interview mm-hmm. um, with No Waying Up, another No Waying Up shout-out. Um, but they ought to start paying us, too. Yeah, I know. Uh, but basically, part of the reason why the coverage – part of the reason why CBS can't do as many things as they'd like to is because of the rights that the PJ Tour owns for the players. Mm-hmm. So CBS is basically paying they're paying the PJ Tour to produce and show basically these players on TV. And so that works against their profit. Like besides the TV right, of putting it on TV, they are they're paying a fee to present these players. Yeah. Um and so that's a uh, that's a huge piece of the puzzle there. Um, I can't kind of remember where I was going to go with that. Well, I'll
1: pick up and say it's just a very unique situation. If you haven't listened to the Peter Costas interview with Solly from No Up, you need to go listen to it. It's a really good uh, interview. It's kind, of, it's kind of
0: the first thing he's really said since he got fired. Yeah, CBS. and
1: it's funny at the beginning. He's like, this is something I would do with my wife where she just keeps asking and asking, and by, you know, by the time you ask enough, it's just worth it just to go and do it to get it off your plate. And so, that's pretty cool to see that there was that much uh, backlash against it, but he finally did it and opened up about everything. Yeah. And it's really good stuff about his relationship with the guys at CBS, how he got broken the news that he wasn't being, uh, his contract wasn't getting renewed, him and Gary McCord both, and then what he's doing now, and uh, the, I don't know if I'd say bad blood, but there was some murky waters when he left, so it's interesting to hear his side of it, so... Kudos yeah,
0: to those guys to the interview. So I guess where I was going with the money part is, is like depending on what the negotiation is, um, like what I mean, it's all about the value of the players. So depending yeah. on like kind of what happens with that, um, I think they're kind of trying to see where this goes because that's obviously the the product, the player value that they're paying for to per, put on a TV show is not going to be worth what it is if you're losing fifty potentially fifty of the top players. Yeah. So I think that's probably why you hadn't seen this thing get inked yet. Yeah. Um. But as far as the coverage, it kind of all – there's like No Lying Up has been on this for a while, and a lot of tw- golf Twitter in general has been on it. And it's just like how watered down and uh, basically the lack of actual golf that is shown on an hourly basis in the PGA Tour coverage. Yeah. Um, and, it's, it's been harped on pretty hard. Yeah, and I, I mean it's – First of all, golf is pro- – It's and everybody out here is it's the hardest sport to show. Yeah. Every other sport you watch has one ball. Yeah. So, it's – everybody is focused around one ball. It's on a smaller field, all this. So, think about a golf course that's however many square mile. I mean, you're talking about 200-something acres worth of land, however, 165 players Thursday through Friday, mm-hmm. 165 golf balls, 60 to 70 shots a player, like – there's a lot of freaking golf shots yeah. being had. Yeah. Um. So, like, you're not going to see everything that's – or at least not live. Yeah, it's
1: just understood.
0: And, but you're not going
1: to see everything because you don't have 18 crews and 18 cameras and all that jazz.
0: Well, and, and part of the, what you've seen lately is just that CBS is – I mean, they're trying to make money. They're trying to – I mean, they have other sports that probably aren't as profitable as golf, so they're trying to make – it's just like any business. You're trying to – You're always offsetting cost with profit. And so if you can maximize profit here and offset something else down there, you're going to do it. So, I mean, Costa said, like, I mean, think about it. A camera isn't just a camera. It's a cameraman, too. Yep. And it's the guy carrying his cable around and it's the the guy guy driving his golf cart. Driving his golf cart, like all those things. So it's more than just the cost of the camera. It's all that stuff that factors into it. And so – as now, like they were talking about the Harold Varner shot, there wasn't a CBS camera on that tee box. No, they were using the the replay that came out later was a PJ Tour Live or PJ Tour Productions camera from the green that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that's that's a piece of it. Is like it's gonna. I know it's hard, but at the same time, the way they're also offsetting cost is commercials and ads and all that stuff. That's true. And so, they're they're basically what they're doing is they're just pumping in every chance they get. They're doing commercials, some ads, ad work, yeah. Whether like okay, playing through is fine, but the screen's this big; it's still an ad. Like that's still a commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's basically like you're watching twenty something minutes of golf in an hour, which
1: is a shame. But it's un- it's not fully understandable. But Costas made some good points today and what you just touched on about there only being one ball in other sports. If there's a timeout in basketball, you know that a TV timeout is going to be three minutes long. You can show six 30-minute commercials. There's your money. Boom, back to the action. You don't miss anything because it's one thing. In golf, it's constant. Like you said, you're all over the course, 18 holes, 160 players. So there's a lot of stuff that you're going to miss. Costas had a great idea with film what you can during the commercials and bring it back and just say it like it's live. You can say – that's while we're away does. that's what NBC does exactly and, I, and I'm with him just say while we're away and then touch it all and he said you, know, you can s- clip it say while you're away once don't you don't remind the viewer every time but you're just trying to see the shot you don't care if it was right this second or 20 seconds ago
0: yeah no I mean like it was i guess it was at the farmers where Rahm made the eagle he held out for eagle or something mm-hmm. there was no camera like nobody had that at all yeah but like, you could almost do, like, in that three-minute, like, I obviously am not a skilled video editor. I'm not going to pretend I am. But in the truck, in the, mount, in the commercial, you could probably clip together the five best shots that happened while you're away. Yeah. Do ten-second clips, roll it like a highlight on SportsCenter when you come back in, let Nance or whoever talk over it real quick, and then back to live coverage. Yeah. And uh, I, don't not- know, I think at the end of the day, it's just like, You want to see the guys a they need they need to have a better feel for like obviously Tiger's going to get shown, but you also want to see who's charging up the leaderboard. Like dudes on seven, he's five under. Like he's moved up three. We want to show him certain shots that happen that like you know are going to be of entertainment to the viewer. Mm -hmm. You need to show that stuff because at the end of the day, the part of the problem he touched on it is that like CBS. Or the tour, not tour, CBS. The not the tour does not care about the viewer. No, they do not give a rip. No, and that's, about and that's, what that's the why your PJ is. tour live
1: is two set groups, and you see all their shots. It doesn't matter if through Thursday they're all five over. That's yeah. what you're getting.
0: And the announcers suck. Yeah, they're terrible. But yeah, you're right. Like they do it now. They started doing it. because there was so much uproar. They started the fan vote Friday, where basically it's like their way to flex in a different group is they give four options. On Twitter, uh-huh. and they let the fans vote on it, and then that's who they add as an additional feature group. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they're not really doing a whole lot. And so, what they what one thing that Costas talked about as a potential option is doing like a world feed, kind of how like Sky Sports does, where basically everything is going to be on tape delay. Mm-hmm. But uh, video, all these di- like the PJ Tour would basically own the broadcast, and. They would have partners, see, like they would pay video, whatever. They would all bring it in, and then they would clip it, whatever, and put it out, almost like a legit show. Yeah. Um. So like it would be live, but not live. It'd be like the Olympics, basically. How you they do the Olympics. So
1: you would be live because everywhere you else you're it. the first person seeing it. Yeah. But they're withholding it if you. Right. A so small the, amount of time.
0: The only the only people that would see it are people that are there. Yeah. Um. I like that idea. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see what it goes for and how it's a little bit different. Um, and the, the crazy thing, and the length of the contract, honestly, because think about how much has changed in the last 10 years as far as media. A lot. I mean, now you're watching an hour and a half of golf free on your Twitter, and now most people don't have a cable box. They're boot- And if they – in their bootlegging their direct TV password from their parents and watching online, if they're even watching cable, mm-hmm. most of them are using like YouTube TV or they just have pres- or subscription services. So, the way that the, the digital side of this changes will be interesting and how that's monetized as well.
1: That's a good point because there's no way that, uh, TV producing has been able to keep up with the last 10 years of things like social media. When you're we, locked in a contract. Yeah. we and Cause we always want to see, the, all right. So we hear about the shot. We want to see it right then. Like I want to get on Twitter. I want to pull it up, see a 15 second clip. Cause I think there are cameras everywhere. Like Eagle Eye with Shia LaBeouf and there's, and there's not. Right. And so it's tough to keep up with our generation. That's continually wanting stuff that's right there at our fingertips. It's going to be really interesting to see how coverages like CBS kind of handle that moving forward. And Costas I think he made a great uh, a great push today. CBS go hire that guy back as a front office somebody. I mean somebody that's been on their feet for 35 years in the game of golf and seen all the production that'd be a great person to have um, in your corner again.
0: Yeah I mean you could basically hire him as a con- almost a consultant or exactly. just another set of eyes. Yeah, I mean, um,
1: you, you didn't want to have, you wanted a younger wave of announcers where well, you, you can get that but also bring him back because all the experience because right now it's not looking great
0: but they say a younger wave they hired a 55 year old Davis Love who's I, never who's never right. done any kind of
1: that's cause and Costas talked on it they didn't have a plan right they just opened Reacts up the barrel there, dumped them out and said alright now what do we do
0: it was basically they were doing that for this TV deal to like try to exactly put, put their basically put a proposal together for it um, like, if you are trying to go young then you go Shane Bacon young yep. you don't go you go
1: somebody that's going to give you 25 years in it
0: and I don't know what, like, McCord, I mean, he didn't really get, obviously Costas didn't really talk about McCord that much, but, like, Gary is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And part of it is is because it doesn't come off as, like, he's trying to be funny. That's just, like, who he is. Yeah. And he's quick. And he can do it in a pretty appropriate way mm-hmm. where it's funny. And that's, you can't just, you can get somebody to get better at calling shots, like how you want it to be called and stuff like that, but you can't teach that comedic, Effect no. and being really in touch and like right on the spot. Um, there's there's gonna be very few people, and I don't know what Davis Love has done to make anybody think that that's what he can do. He
1: doesn't have that. He doesn't have the Gary McCord. And you're right, how quick he was and witty and and you're never gonna train somebody that's done it for thirty years to you're not gonna untrain them.
0: No, doing and, that. And like if you're gonna do it, you should. They needed to bring somebody in as like a in transit, like work them in at certain events or yeah. I mean, because there's a ton – I guarantee you there's a few of these events that are like, yeah, we don't want to go to, like, at all. Mm-hmm. Or go pick somebody like – and Kurt Byram they were talking about. He's been doing great with, the NBA, like, the pre – like, the Golf Channel coverage for, like, the two hours before. Yeah. He's been great. There's plenty of guys out there that you could have transitioned in. But, I don't know, it's just frustrating because they have a monopoly on it. Like, between – I mean, NBC and CBS. Like, CBS has more events. But, like, at the end of the day – That's the only way we can watch golf. Um, I just don't feel like I don't like. You obviously have better announcers like in the NFL. Like, there's how many games a weekend, but I I just don't feel like I feel like there's such a like a better standard of quite. You know what you're going to get when you turn on a football game. You know what you're going to get when you turn on a basketball game. Like, you're not worried about the TV coverage being crappy. And I get that it's a different level of sport, but when you're competing and comparing to other sports you've got to try to get as close as you can to those sports or you're going to lose viewers especially the the avid weekend guy that doesn't just he doesn't live on golf twitter like you got to if you're trying to bring in and grow your brand which i would every business is trying to do you got to find a way to bring up to what like what everybody else is consuming with their time like everybody watches the nfl everybody does whether it's just because of fantasy sports or not, but like people wouldn't watch it if it was bad to watch. You're right. So I feel like
1: – And the golf product is really good right now. It's in a really good spot, so we've got to get some good coverage yeah. on it because
0: – There's a great like contrast and like you're right in the middle of an a change of guard kind of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's – You have two pretty solid driving forces like to talk about. Like and the – when one week when the young guys aren't playing good, typically Filler Tiger's playing good or somebody like that. Or Graham McDowell wins or Adam Scott wins for the first time in four years. Yeah. And then, like, the next week you're having a kid who's a rookie or his second year on tour, he's 22 years old, and he wins and gets his first win. like, it's a it's a diverse spot in golf. And so I think they're not wasting away, but, like, they're missing an opportunity They just sure. got to
1: get their stuff straight and in a hurry. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um,
1: get something done and and figure out where to move from here and do it. And and it can't be sitting on it much longer.
0: But the way they're going makes it. I don't know. It it feels more like state run media is about to come out more than like mm-hmm. uh, like a good qual- like free not free market. But it just they keep like golf TV, Golf Digest. They keep buying up all these other conglomerates. They shut down any announcers that speak out against them. They speak. They tell. They send. They see. Uh, Patrick Reed sends cease and desist letters to Brandel Chamblee, who's a freaking announcer on Golf Channel. Like, he's
1: done nothing but spoke the truth. <laughs> who's
0: literally just calling it how he sees it, which is what he's paid to do. So it's just when when those type trends happen, they don't make me feel good about like them no. taking in the opinions of the viewer and no. making a change. And they're
1: not. And Costas, another thing you hear, we're t- talking a lot about him, but. Another thing he hit on was a young guy had won his first tournament. He yes. after round interviewed him and said, "Look, dude, you got a two year exemption on the tour. You're going to get to play in the Masters. Like, how do you how do you feel about that?" You know, he, he carried on with the banter for a little bit and it was over. He said he got a, a nudge from somebody who got called by the PGA Tour saying, "The first thing you need to say is like, you just won 500 FedEx Cup points."
0: And, like, what your new ranking is. And Costas,
1: to that, his answer was hilarious. It was just like, what does that kid care about? He doesn't give a flip about FedEx Cup points. He gets to play in the Masters, which every young golfer dreams of. And he's got two year exemption where his life isn't going to be a ball of stress anymore. He can actually plan a schedule around what he wants to do and how he wants to play for his family. That's what they want to hear. And that's what we want. I don't care about FedEx. Like, I don't care about the FedEx Cup points until a week before the playoffs and then during the playoffs. Yeah. I could care less who is 21st in the FedEx Cup points today.
0: And that's still like not even the driving force. No, it's exactly. all about who wins. Exactly. That's why they play the game. They don't play the game for FedEx Cup points. They play to exactly. win. Exactly. And, and
1: when you win, where does it get you in the sport? The FedEx Cup points is great for a year-to-year basis, but you win for the first time. Where does it get you in the sport? It gets you locked in for multiple years and trips to Augusta.
0: Yeah, FedEx Cup points is just another way to give more money away to people. It's
1: almost like the guys that are coming in, telling CBS and telling other other people like that what to do. Are, have not seen how successful the older generation is. Like, Costas, how successful he's been in his job. Somebody telling him how to do it better it is wrong. Like, what Costas is, has been around it enough. He knows what to ask. You know, he knows. And if the, the interview went off really well and nothing was wrong with it, it was just they were greedy to hear their own name.
0: He's forgotten more about player interviews than any of those execs that are sitting exactly. in the boardroom know. So, I mean, Costas, if you're – a person in his position and you're asking a guy and you've done it so many times like you're not going to ask bad questions no you're going to have learned what they want to hear and you're going to basically have a routine of what you ask and how you ask it that you know it's going to come off the best way Yep. don't listen to some pinhead in new york in a suit sitting in a boardroom on his phone yeah who's all he's talking about is pushing oh gosh i gotta meet our quota because fedex cut us a check for Four hundred million dollars. Yeah, you got to say our name.
1: Years. You got to say FedEx names. You got to say the amount of points because that's what's relevant now. And it's not, this isn't NASCAR. We don't need mm-hmm. you to hold up a FedEx Coca Cola bottle and hold it out during your interview on eighteen yeah. green. Just ask the real questions, and that's what Kasis was doing. And you
0: show the FedEx Cup points that you show that on a graphic exactly after you get done exactly. talking to him. Yeah, you
1: can show it under his name. Say he just received five hundred FedEx Cup points. Great. I don't care that he did, but I'm t- I want human interaction. I want his real emotion. He gets to play Augusta. I want to hear about it. All right, and that's what everybody else cares about, too, if you're a golf fan.
0: Yeah, I I agree completely. Yeah, we could
1: talk on this for a long time.
0: Oh, for sure. Uh, It's just – it's something that, I guess, it's just gotten – it's just become. – it's been a slow, gradual climb. And then I think when you threw in – when Fox got in the game, and he talked about this, too. When Fox got in the game, whether it was great at first, it was different. Yeah. And then now when you watch some of these European tour events – that are Sky Sports broadcasted and stuff like that, and you go, holy crap, I feel like I'm watching a ton of golf.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When all the, these little small pieces here and there, and then when you got a a, big, a hit for about five minutes with the damn Genesis invitation, with the CEO of Hyundai or whatever, whose belly button's popping out of his shirt the whole time, <laughs> and you got Clint Eastwood sitting up there looking at the Tweety Birds in the sky at Pebble Beach for ten minutes up there. Oh, well, you want to stick around and call some more golf Clinton. He goes, no. He wants to find the damn bathroom because he's been looking for it for the last forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like Somebody when make when, him a drink. when your coverage is when it's full of that crap, it's just tiresome, and, yeah. and eventually it it's all it's all kind of tipped it peaked, and you people are just frustrated. Yeah, and eventually, like when <laughs> that was hilarious. Tron was like, I literally went in my car, I turned on PJ Tour radio, and I used Shot Tracker. And I felt what like more connected to the golf doing that than I did watching it on CBS. With all the technology that we have and everything like that, uh, that's wild. But with Fox, that Costas did say, he's like they're losing money on the U.S. Open. He's like, there's no doubt in my mind that they're losing money. Yeah. Just based on all the
1: resources they have.
0: Yeah. yeah. But to them, it's worth it. And yeah. so,
1: like, because we're talking about how great it is.
0: Yeah, they kind of come around. They're the new hot chick. Walks in, got her hair done, new haircut, spray tan, looks awesome, different. It's like you're telling me you can't CBS. You can't afford to have like five drones that cost like two thousand bucks a piece. Yeah, that's gonna hurt your bottom line that much that you can't you can't get a drone to show a cool shot off a of, uh, pebble beach or flying through downtown L.A. or e all the above. Like, come on, guys.
1: That might be the new golf right there. Get eighteen drones, hover them a distance away that you can't really hear the buzzing, and just shoot it that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many little things that, and it's like they can't be losing money.
1: No, you're right. There's no way. No, they're not. They're they're, not that they're making money because they're a publicly held company that's got to be making money.
0: So they're all about the bottom line at the end of the day. Yeah, and has pointed to that too. But that's that's just a
1: business thing. Is you know that. They're going to do what it takes to make money, to make that bottom line look good, to push their – I mean, they're a publicly traded company. They've got to do that or they won't survive.
0: You know what I would love to hear? I would love to hear Donald Trump's opinion on the deal that CBS signed with P.J. Tour 10 years ago. And then I'd also love to dumb. get –
1: it. It is very dumb. It's,
0: it's going to be huge. I'd love to see and – and I'd love to see him look at and comment on this one when it gets released. Just because he's all about not taking a bad deal and like – CBS definitely took a bad deal. Yeah. If they're having to do all this stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, well, that's enough. We if NLU ought to cut us a check for the amount of but – but literally, like, they're the people that have been getting the – they got – it was the biggest story in golf today was this interview with Costas. Yeah. Just because of all that's been kind of coming to the head with the coverage and everything. It's the first time he spoke out. And then they're also getting – the scoop from all these players that they interview,
1: and we're talking about the CASA stuff in them because it's the big thing. So it's just, uh, wasn't it? imitations the biggest form of flattery? So we're yeah. not stealing their stuff, but it's great that that they're, they're talking to people that can show this kind of side of golf. And like CASA's story is great to hear about in the world of golf. So we love talking about it. So,
0: um, yeah. So WGC Mexico, yeah, uh, they will hit the ball seven thousand freaking yards this weekend um, because they're at about 7,000 feet of elevation. I saw a picture today of Gary Woodland's uh, yardage chart, Mm -hmm. and he literally has every single yardage from 30 up with a 12.5% and a 15% multiplier onto it and what that yardage is. Oh, wow. Based on, I think, like time of day, temperature time of day and altitude. So I don't know if it's – it's 12% higher than, like, base elevation. I don't know what the 12% and the 15% is.
1: Bryson did some math for him.
0: But he literally has every yardage on a laminated sheet, like a coach's sheet, that gives out – it spits out what that calculation is for all of his yardages. So, and he probably – it probably came through TrackMan. They probably spat it out through TrackMan somehow. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, anyway, these guys, like Rory was hitting 378 yard or 384 total with his driver on the range. They showed a clip from a year or two ago, DJ driving a 376-yard par four to four feet. Like, one hop on the fringe, two hop, roll out, four Four foot, eagle. And uh, so, it'll be interesting. Uh, Score-wise, I feel like it probably trends about where all the other ones do in terms of, like, I don't know, 15 to 20 under can win it. Yeah, Um, But you can get hot on this course. JT literally shot, like, nine under in the final round last year. Uh, to finish, like he was even par and shot nine under in the final round.
1: I did see where he is the only, uh, only player to shoot 64 there twice. Yeah. And I think no other players ever shot 64
0: there, period. Well, he won't, didn't he, didn't he beat Phil two years ago? Mm hmm. Um, in a playoff. So betting odds Rory plus 600 DJ, and these are brought to you by Bovada. Uh, Dustin Johnson plus 800, John Rahm plus 1,000, JT plus 1,100, Adam Scott plus 2,000, along with Hideki, Webb Simpson, and Xander. Tommy Fleetwood, don't feel like we've seen him in a while, Mm -mm. plus 2,200, Bryson plus 2,500, Paul Casey plus 3,300, Morikawa plus 4,000, along with Woodland, Ustazen, Kuchar, Reed, and Garcia. Abe answer the hometown kind of hometown, not really hometown guy. <laughs> um, plus five thousand. So looked at look for him to play well. Obviously, just because of his Mexican heritage, but also what he's been doing over the last basically six months. I think he's riding pretty high, and Playing I think pretty he's solid, yeah. he's uh, he's due for a breakthrough win for sure. Um, JT obviously with his track record there the last year. If you shoot nine under and around, I mean, damn, you kind of know the golf course. Yeah, more power to you. DJ's obviously had a lot of success. He's the defending champion from Mm -hmm. last year. Mm -hmm. Um, Ran away with it last year. Yeah. I'm trying to think as far – I don't – this does not set up well for Spieth at all. No. Just because he's not good enough with the driver for it to really make that much difference for him and he's going to be all over the place with his yardages – Greens. I feel like I don't even know what kind of grass they are. If it's Kikuya, we'll hear about it seven thousand freaking times, Kakuya. like we did this last week. The sticky Kikuya. I don't know. It's Tiger tops in last year here. Yeah, he did. He hit the crazy uh, whirly bird finish right. out of the dry, out of the uh, fairway bunker. Yeah. Um. I really I don't have a huge a great feel for this as far as what you would put your money on, but. I guess far as value, I guess because there's a big gap between like Jay There's obviously your top four.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Honestly, Rom would probably be a pretty good pick because he's been lighting it up over the last eight months yes. around the world, yep. and so put him on a on a world stage, and he's probably going to shine. So he would be a, for sure a top five pick as far as a bet there. Yeah. Probably not great odds, but you can get something there for yep. him. Um, like I said, Abe Answer would probably be my value pick. It's probably gonna go one of two ways. He's either gonna finish dead ass last because he's at home, or he's gonna be up there close to the top. I'm trying to remember what he did last year. I don't think he.
1: I mean, I think he finished around even last year, so he didn't play great. Yeah, I think I've got it. Uh, tied for 39th, even. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe he'll get the mojo going since he has been kind of riding this high wave lately.
0: Some of the guys, like Shoffley is obviously somebody that people are picking but he just hadn't been doing it for me man yeah oh scotty sheffler got in the field which that's huge um good for him man yeah that's a i mean a guy that was on literally was on the corn Ferry tour last year watching him in nashville and now he's he's plus plus ten thousand and playing in a damn world golf championship event that's pretty awesome that's congrats to him that's huge man he's, i can't even imagine what that's like for that guy
1: he's 23 years old and Really starting to make it and shine. It's pretty cool.
0: Well, who else in 2019 did we have? Leash is coming off of – he's been playing pretty well. Deck. holy crap. He was
1: third last year, wasn't he? That's
0: wild. Poulter goes from playing in this event last year to playing in Puerto Rico this week. Dum-dum-dum. That's quite a fall there. Get out of here. Um, Cam Smith played well here. Sergio. Um, Who else we got? P. Reed. I mean, it's also kind of hard to tell, too, because – there's no cut, yeah, and so you could make up some ground like Kisner in Memphis this past year. He was like two over or something through his first two days, and then he winds up like shooting twelve under or something in the next two days, and he finishes top ten, so yeah, yeah, it's a little different uh it's a little different, but i uh I don't know, Brooks is out. Bricks is out, yep. Nursing a knee before the Florida swing. Uh, who else? Was, Tiger's obviously out. Phil decided not to play. He got in, but he had already planned some kind of trip or something with his family, so he said thanks but no thanks. Did you say
1: – you saw Tony's out maybe?
0: Tony's not playing. Ricky's not playing. Um, Which Ricky's probably trying to get something done in Honda if I had to bet next week. Yeah. That's a course he's had a lot of success on, so – uh, I don't think there's a big time zone difference here. So, you'll be able to watch quite a bit of the coverage. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to it. Uh, there's really not a whole lot else going on in the world of sports this weekend. Obviously, if Tiger was playing, there'd be a lot more buzz around it. But mm-hmm. uh should be good.
1: While we're finishing out that, I'll give a little Corn Fairy shout-out if you've been keeping up with uh, Titleized Golf, friend of the Corn Fairy Tour, Grant Hirschman. He's currently 19th in the Corn Ferry points. Uh, he's had multiple top 20s with the top 10 this year. Uh, really good success here early in the season. Look forward to watching him the rest of the year, seeing how he continues to play.
0: Yeah, I think they're off uh, the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to see what their next event is. They go to El Bosque. Mm-hmm. And they go to Mexico next weekend, so they were in Florida last week to take the week off. Then they go to Mexico, and then it starts kind of the southeast swing for them. Nice. They're in Louisiana for a couple of weeks, Georgia, Texas, Huntsville, Alabama, Nashville. So they kind of hit the southeast and before it gets super super hot. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. So that's all I got. Well, we touched on a lot of stuff. That was enjoyable. Yeah. Again. We could not do this. Um, I couldn't do this without the peace of mind that my finances and most importantly, TLG Holdings, uh, or TLG Incorporated, TLG Enterprises, you know, we hadn't quite locked that down yet. We don't have a trademark yet and an LLC. But I, I just couldn't go to bed at night or record this podcast if I thought our finances were not in safe hands. Mm-hmm. And it's so comforting to know that they are with uh, Alex Snyder.
1: Yeah, I mean – Incredible returns from the man. Incredible management. He'll call in the middle of the night if there's a overseas trade war to get things leveled out.
0: Yeah, I mean, you want a guy that can shoot 67 when he's not striping it well on Wendyke West, watching your money. It's a guy that can. He's a grinder, obviously. I mean, if if you're, if you're slumming it at 67 and you're gonna, but you're gonna go back out and you're gonna work hard and you're gonna get it done. Think about what he's gonna do with your money. That's All I gotta say. That's right. That's a good I'm on that. Cheers. Cheers.